Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Before we start, I would like to hear from you first. What do you know about same-sex attraction? Yeah, if two or three can share something with us, then we will start our presentation. So can any two or three share with us what you know, what is in your mind about uh, same-sex attraction? Question. Question will leave it for the end. So if you have what is what what do you think of what is in your mind about same sex same sex attraction now? Next 
flight abonnement is few things. Just put it in our mind and then it will make it easy for us if you want to discuss any subject later. First of all, revelation versus mind. We are living in an era where everything is, I think, science said, uh, I'm not convinced, which is not bad. But we have to put a limitation for it. I'll give you a very simple example, I am sure you heard it before. The very famous story of uh, Archangel Gabriel appearing to Virgin Mary in Luke chapter 1. What he said is very simple. And what Virgin Mary said is just two statements. The first one, she told him how it could be because I don't know a man. It's a logic. How come a virgin can conceive and have a child? This is the first statement. She started to ask a logical question to the angel. Then he answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and will know the story. What has been said by the angel? Again, it is not logic. It is above logic. How come? We never heard that a Holy Spirit came upon any virgin and she conceived. So the virgin Mary was saying, here is my mind, I ask the question of the mind. What I have now is a revelation, it is above my mind. We stuck and the whole West is stuck with it when they try to squeeze the revelation to fit into my mind. So now half of the ministers, for example, in the Church of England and the Church of Scotland where we live, they deny the version of verse. Why? It doesn't fit. I squeeze it as much, it doesn't fit in my mind. So when we think of the Word of God, it's a revelation and it's above mind. It is not against logic, but it's above logic. Part of it we can comprehend through the Holy Spirit. That's why, as you know, of course, no one can profess Jesus as Lord except through the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's a revelation. And one of the names of the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Wisdom and Revelation in Ephesians 1.17. Second thing is, the church teachings are the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, if the Bible and the church was condemning a certain act, whatever it is, 2,000 years ago, or 3,000 years ago in the Old Testament, it's still the same. So we are not here to re-examine the Word of God. One of the problems of the Western theology are examining the Word of God. No, we are examining ourselves, our deeds and our behavior through the Word of God. The third thing is that challenges are different from Egypt to any other country. Most of us, or some of us, were born in Egypt, and the challenges are quite different. We have the same problems everywhere, but to speak out about the problem is different. The media handling the problem is different. So we are not saying it is only in the West and we don't have it. We have it in Egypt and maybe, or I, expect, I estimate it's more than the West because of the cultural problem we have. The fourth thing is some of us never heard about some challenges. Not because I never heard of it, it's not existing. And maybe you never faced it in person. It doesn't mean it's not it's still existing. The fifth point I would like to share, some of us never heard properly about certain challenges. If my knowledge about whatever topic, homosexuality or music or whatever it is, only from the media, definitely it's not right. Because the media always is oriented on, uh, according to different aspects. The last thing is, as the first one spoke, condition and activity. When we speak especially about 
homosexuality or same-sex attraction, we would like to make a big difference between the condition and the activity. Let me give you a very simple analogy first, and then you can see how it makes a difference. For uh, uh, any teenager, if he's 14 or 15 or 16, at a certain age, he will start to incline or to have some holy desires towards the other sex. This is a condition. I don't say it's a sin until someone started to abuse these emotions or abuse these desires by watching pornography or starting to act in an unholy way with any other person from the other sex. So the desire itself is a condition and it is holy. Some people, for a reason or another, have these desires but to the same sex for certain reasons. If I have this and I'm rejecting it, I'm saying it clearly, if I have these desires and these emotions to the same sex and I'm rejecting it and I'm seeking to have a heterosexual relation, then it's a condition and it's acceptable and we have to welcome those people and to help them to be heterosexual as they want, not as we want. We adore everyone and respect everyone, but still the word of God is above everything. If there is an activity, it's by all means it's a sin, whether it's a heterosexual outside the marriage or heterosexual, sorry, same-sex attraction and any sort of activity, it's a sin. So the church is not condemning the condition if I am resisting it, if it's wrong. The same, the same for the heterosexual. If now I am a teenager and I have some certain unholy thoughts, I'm going to confess them because they are not right. But it doesn't mean that I am living in sin. I'm resisting sin. The same thing. So we would like to make a difference between a homosexual or same-sex attraction condition and same-sex attraction uh, activity. I'm speaking fast, I'll continue fast to finish. <laughs> okay. The, the Bible very clearly in many verses. I would like to share a couple of verses in the Old Testament and a couple of verses in the New Testament to see that it's the revelation. We are not here discussing is it true or wrong. It's the truth and we are trying to face the challenge of the world and to see what we can do because the church is accepting everyone but not accepting everything. And we'll have a note at this at the very end. So in the Old Testament, the very one of the two very famous verses is Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22. You shall not lie with a man as with a woman, it is an abomination. The same word again appeared in chapter 20, verse 13. If a lies with a man as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination, they shall surely be put to death, their blood shall be upon them. And here I would like to comment one comment about the word abomination. In 2006, as I remember, or 2007, the American Society of Psychiatrists released a video under the title Abomination. And the whole testimony in it was if you try to be heterosexual is abomination, to oppose the word of God directly. And we have some scenes with some people who are trying to say that we tried and we failed and my son committed a suicide, suicide or whatever it is. So the, the media and even the American Society of Psychiatrists is against the word of God and we are, we have to stand before anything or before anyone for the absolute truth 
that it mentioned in the Word of God. In the New Testament, it's very clear. That's why when we preach it, we are bold enough to say it's a case of salvation. It's not a choice. It is not an option. So the very famous verses in 1 Timothy 1.10, for fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnapper, kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers, uh, and if there is any other thing that is contrary to the sound doctrine. Sodomites is same-sex attraction or homosexuality. The other passage in verse chapter 6 in 1 Corinthians is more uh, warning to every one of us. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? So it's not a condition of, is it a sin or not sin? You are going to lose your eternal life. You are going to lose your place in the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived. Anything else is a deception. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor... So some people say, but what about others? It's all are inclusive. So I'm not saying this is a bad sin and this is a good sin. Sin is sin. And the words saying the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he's giving us the list. But always the, ch the church and the word of God is giving us uh, a hope. Verse 11, and such were some of you. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So that's why the church is accepting everyone who is willing to live a holy life. Why? Because sometimes people, and you hear it very much, I think Bishop Raphael, Raphael made a statement today, I think Abuna uh, George sent it to me, that some people say, why you are condemning people? We are not condemning people, we are condemning an act that the Bible and God said is wrong. And more than that, the church has the right to condemn a brother in the church. How? You remember the story in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, the man who was living with the wife of his father, and this was adultery. And he was living in the church, and the church was not able to rebuke him. St. Paul excommunicated him after a lengthy discussion, as we hear it in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And here is the verse, verse 11. He's saying, it's not in the screen, sorry. But rather I wrote to you not to associate, again, not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother. What does it mean? He's a regular, regular church goer. And he is called a brother. And he is living in such a sinful way, whatever this sin. And then he is showing in the church that I am here, I am living in the church, and I have communion, I have everything, and the church cannot say anything to me. St. Paul said no. If you remember, in the Passion Week, we have a sermon or homily repeated twice by St. Shinoda Archimedes Wright. said the church is a place for holy people. Are we not welcoming unholy? No, we are welcoming everyone. But we are not accepting to live in unholiness. There's a big difference between both of them. The church is open, as St. John Chrysostom was saying, it's a hostel for the sick, but not to allow people to bring their sickness and to be spread in the church. That's why here St. Paul is saying, if he is called a brother, I wrote to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of a brother, if he is guilty of immorality 
or greed, or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, and then another list. And at the end of the chapter, he excommunicated this man. And the aim was for him to repent. And in 2 Corinthians, he repented and he accepted him once more in the church. So it's very important to know that the church is opening her arms to everyone who wants to live a holy life, but to be accepted, to live an unholy life, and knowing that he is losing his kingdom and spreading his bad news in the church, this is not acceptable. It's not against love. It is for the love of those who are not wounded and for the love for this person to think again and to find a solution and to find a way to come back to the holy church once more. Uh, the next one, I will share hundreds of quotes by church fathers. I am quoting one by Eusebius of Sicilia, and he's saying, having forbidden all unlawful marriage, all unseemly practice, and the union of woman with woman and men with men, don't defy yourself with any of these things, for in all these things the nations were defiled, which I will drive out before you. He was quoting the Bible. So I'm just giving you two verses from the Old Testament, two verses from the New Testament, and one quote. But if you search the net, you will find hundreds of quotes. So this is the revelation and how the church understood these verses and how it is unrighteousness and it leads to destruction. Are we against people? No. But we are against the sin and we are against making sin against the word of God itself. Now I will give you a few definitions before we proceed in our talk. Homosexuality is not about sex, which is very important, because someone said something a few minutes ago. Rather, it is ultimately about rejection of and detachment from self, from others, and one's own gender. And again, it's more of an emotional issue rather than sexual issue. It ends up with sexuality, but initially it is a and emotional problems. Homosexuality and same-sex, I will use them in the in, uh, alternative during our discussion. Then the word gay, man or woman, is one who accepted, again, who accepted homosexual desires and reports feeling comfortably with those feelings. So it's not about same-sex attraction. Now, now I am living this life. I'm started to be active and speaking out um, as such, and I'm enjoying what I'm doing. A man-gay homosexual person is, with, is one who does not accept these desires and seeks to change. That's why one of the conservative churches in Australia a few years ago, they had a, a press release to say the church is pro-homosexuals, but anti-gay. If anyone is in a struggle and once the church is to help him, he is more than welcome. If someone living this life, which the Bible named it unholy and unrighteousness, then the church still calling him for repentance but not accepting him within its realm. Bisexual is one who experiences attraction to both genders and he may choose to accept those desires or seek to change. Again, it depends on his own spiritual choice. Next point I would like to share with you is basic mixture of lies and truths from the media. The first thing is, you are born like this. 
you will hear it in the media hundreds of times. And I'm sure if you are brought up in, in the West, you heard it in, at school that you are born like this. And at uni and in many uh, subjects you studied at uni, is you are born like this. The fact is, it is a lie. And I will show you also a few examples a few in a few minutes together. Because no one is born like this. And again, it is, there is no compelling evidence that anyone is determined from birth to have same-sex attraction. You will hear it in the media, as I will show you a few things in a, in a minute. But in the same week, same years, sometimes after a few years, it is totally denied. But till today, if you open any website, you will find a lot of such things. But again, seek the refutation. I will find it nearly the same week, but it's published maybe after a few months or, or years. Second thing is very important. No one simply chooses to have same-sex attraction. This is very common in the media, and it's true. Why? Because it's an emotional perversion. It's an, a problem happened in a childhood, mostly between three and seven years old. And no one has chosen, chosen it. That's why the church is feeling the agony of this one. The church is saying, we are with you. You suffered emotionally, like any other emotional suffering. But are you going to give up, or are you going to seek the full restoration of the image and likeness of God that Christ, from the beginning, created Adam and Eve? The third one is no hope for change. But I will show you also from non-Christian <coughs> psychiatrists, there is a great hope for change. So the first three, two are lies embedded by the media. And it's, you are born like this. You, do, you did not choose to be like this. And there is no hope for change. I said the second one is true. The first and the third are, is not true. Uh, there is hope. Because we believe what was learned can be unlearned. The emotional perversion happened because you learned something wrong. And that's why the church is telling you Christ came to restore the full man, body, soul, and spirit. And he's able of doing it. And he has done it. The good news, I have seen many have been in this journey and God restored them totally. The last thing is because we especially as Middle Eastern, we label it in a very bad way. It is not a gay or bad, it is sad. It is a same-sex attraction disorder. So it's very important, because one of the major problems we have it in our society, which was there in the West as well, because I, I didn't start with the history of homosexuality, how we, we reach what we have now, it is because of the rejection of the church, because of the rejection of the societies, even in the States it was Till 2003, you could be sentenced uh, to be in jailed for life because of homosexuality. But now, of course, as you have heard the, the news yesterday, that gay marriage is accepted in all states in, 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 in the United States. So it's important to show compassion to those who are in the struggle, to those who are seeking a holy life. But we are not going to endorse it. It's right, go for it and have a partner. This is the church view. It's not my own personal view. As I said, it's the revelation of God. 
and we are here to comply with the full truth of the word of God. Let me move on for the next point, which is it is a logical problem, which sometimes looks strange. But we believe that all we left theology, whether we believe it or not, whether we know it or not, whether we discuss it in our church or not, it's a theology. But it's a lengthy project or lengthy topic, so I'm not going to discuss it, but I will discuss this idea on it. Now most of the psychologists or psychiatrists adopting one of the two uh, ideas. Either they are essentialists or constructionists. The essentialist <coughs> believes that same-sex attraction is a predetermined for each one. From where we got it, the constructionists, those who believe that the same-sex is acquired. Because now there are two schools of theology based on an old teaching, I will not discuss it, but it was strengthened by Martin Luther. He has a very famous book written in 1519, is The Bondage of the Will. Man has no free will, he is born with a destination, he is born with a setup. So this monist or essentialist, they believe man was created with a brain. He has no free will, he has no mind. The constructionist believes that man has a brain and has a mind or a free will. Those who believe that sex attraction is predetermined, they believe that because you have, it's like a computer and you have a certain software, then you are obliged to use the software you have. If your software is telling you you have same-sex attraction, then you have, no one can blame you. To the point that in the States, this was maybe 10 years ago, I was reading a, a, an article, they had everything called as a syndrome. To the point they have a laziness syndrome. Someone used to go to work every day very late, and he went to the court and he was able to bring a paper from one of the psychiatrists that he has a laziness syndrome. So he has an excuse to go every day late. And this is, again, it's a theology based on you have no freedom, you have no will. You have a brain, and your brain is dictating to you a certain thing. So if you are a drug addict, it's your brain. If you are alcoholic, it's your brain. Then you have an excuse always. We, as Orthodox, we believe that we have a free will. And we believe in the constructionist way. And again, it started as a theology in the 16th century, and now it became a release for many psychiatrists and many uh, psychologists. So the base of it is theology, ended up to be called in the end essentialist or constructionist, but the base is do you have a will or you don't have a will? Do you have a brain and mind or you have a brain only? Let me show you just a couple or three. Uh, <coughs> Uh, statements by scientists. The first one, Simon Levi, is one of the most famous about this propaganda. So he mentioned in 1991 that a difference in hypothalamic structure between heterosexual and homosexual men. For the Medal of Science, August 30th, 1991, volume so and so. And definitely on that day, if you go to the news, it's yani, a breaking news. We found the issue. We are born like this. The same man 
In March 94, he said, it is important to stress what I did not find. I did not prove that homosexuality is genetic or find a genetic cause for being gay. I did not show that gay men are born that way. The most common mistake people make is interrupting my work. But this was not published in the media. And still this man has many researches, and once he's picking up a statement, they are picking up this statement without anything and making it as such big propaganda. Till 1973, it was considered as disorder in the DSM, which is one of those disorders, same-sex attraction disorder. And they have a book called After the Fall. They decided by voting that we're going to vote to take it off the disorder and it will make it easy to deal with such cases. And by voting, they take it off the DSM. And next day, there was a, a great uh, news in the media that because it is scientifically proven, they take it off the book. This is how the media and how lobbying about certain subjects can change the truth as such. So till 1973, it was in the DSM, one of the disorders. There's many other people, I, would, I will just skip it. It's the same thing. Picking up a statement, and after a few days or after a few months, the same person who has been taking this statement from him said, it is not. I will read the last one, Dean Hammer. He was stating in something in 93 and in 1998 was telling it. These genes not cause people to become homosexuals. Ultimately, it is the environment, which is again the acquired part, environment that determines how these genes will express themselves. All of us has the same genes. But how you are going to be brought up, as we'll discuss it in a minute, about the causes of homosexuality. We'll find different aspects. You can find a twin, and one of these studies was about twin. How both of them lived in the same house. But because one of them was very sensitive, he picked up things that the other one didn't pick it up. And he became a same-sex attracted. So, good news. Next, I want to answer. The good news is, this is a study made by a professor, Robert Spitzer, from Columbia University. And he is not a believer. And here is his statement. He made a research about 200 participants, and this is online. You can search it at any time. Just pick up the name. Like most psychiatrists, I saw that homosexual behavior could only be resisted and that no one could really change their sexual orientation. I now believe that to be false. Some people can and do change. And this is published in 2003. And he is not a believer or not a Christian, but he has his own research. I will go just in a minute with you about his research. He got 200 people, 143 men and 57 women, 43% ex-homosexual ministries, and 57% celibates. And here is before and after. Before treatment, 78 of men and 81 of women uh, were yearning for romantic involvement with the same sex. After the treatment, only 8% from the men and 4% from the women, which shows what was learned by an emotional perversion or stress circumstances or environment, as Simon Levi said,
can be under if you want. That's why the church is offering the solution, not imposing the solution. The second thing, achieved the goal of good heterosexual functioning. Men, 66% were able to do it, and women, 44% were able to do it. Again, it's your will. If you believe that you have a will, and God is working in your will, as St. Paul was saying in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, uh, 12 and 13. Depression. Before treatment, 43% of men and 47% of women. After treatment, 1% of men and 4% of women. So the research is online and it's very interesting. And again, it's done by a non-Christian, but a psychiatrist who is not opinionated, who is not driven to a certain direction by anyone around him. So now, I would like to share with you the variable reasons that can create SSA in men and women. Before that, let me define a few things. Homosexuality is a symptom of unhealed wounds of the past. Ten potential causes will discuss it in a minute. Unmet, unmet needs for love. It's these two things causing a lot of problems. The same two things causing immoral sexual relationship before marriage. Why? Because unfortunately we have a weakness in our families. We don't receive enough love. We don't have our needs met at home. So we seek them to be met outside. Homosexuality is essentially an as emotional based condition. Again, let me repeat it. It's an emotional based condition, not sexual. It ends up with sexuality but it's mainly an emotional-based condition. Like what again? Like any girl who is starving for a hug from her, her father, and he is not, something is not in his mind at all. The first one is offering this hug or this cuddle for her. She can easily have, unfortunately, a sexual relationship with him. So it is our homes are the base of every teaching. The church is teaching from outside, but the application is in your home and in each home we live in. Need for same-sex parents and same-sex peers love. Needs for gender identification and fear of intimacy with members of the opposite sex. This is why it's an emotional-based condition. And if anyone of you dealt with this problem before with anyone, you can see these things very clearly. Homosexuality is a same-sex attachment disorder, it's a detachment from same-sex parents, same-sex peers, from one's body, and from one's own gender. That's why it's a same-sex attachment disorder. So let me go, I'm sure I'm about to finish the 40 minutes, but I will run with you about the 10 causes. Each one will take just 10 seconds. The causes are, here I am mentioning 10. Some other books mentioning more, some less. In the same family, you can find seven reasons, but no one is affected. Why? Because the kids are more strong emotionally. The problem you'll find, those people are suffering from this problem, most of them are very sensitive, very artistic. Most of them are playing music and uh, painting. Why? Because they are very sensitive. The first reason is heredity. We have some inherited wounds. Someone who's born in a family without father or without a mother. 
or with a control of a grandfather, whatever, the, the, something acquired, but I inherited a circumstances that I can't change. I can't choose my father or my mother or my circumstances. Uh, temperament, hypersensitive, as I said a few minutes ago. This is, again, I, I was born like this. Uh, artistic nature, gender, non-conformity behavior. So all these things, it helps. But some other people have such thing, but still they were able to, to, to face it because of a strong father or a strong mother who can contain the child and give him the surety of his own gender. Third one is hetero emotional wounds. When we have wounds from the other person. I have a person who was with me. He said it very clearly. I know when I was detached from my sexuality. He was in primary one, and he asked his father, his father, he was living in Egypt. His father was a teacher, and he was giving private tutation until after midnight. He told him that we have a celebration at school because he was awarded something. Can you come with me? He told him no, I'm busy. He said, in the same day, I remember very well, I said, I don't want to be a man like my father. So sometimes it's something very small, and it affects a child. Especially if we are not going back to restore it. I would like to spend this day with you. No, it's done. You have to accept me as I am. I'm a busy father. All what you need, I will get it to you. I will get you the last, car, uh, last uh, game or the last whatever it is, but I have no time for you. The first reason is hit through emotional wounds. So the first one was uh, Hetero-emotional. The second one is uh, hetero-social. Sorry, sorry, say social wounds or emotional wounds from the same from the other sex. Sometimes, if the mother, is, if it's he's a boy and the mother is very aggressive, so he hates this. So he wants to be attached more to male like him and vice versa. Sibling wounds and family dynamics. There's order. If someone is the second child. Or the, or the middle child, he can't find himself, or the very the youngest one who is always forgotten, or he's young, our toy, or any sort of abuse, or calling name from siblings, from, from older brothers, from cousins, or whatever it is. Body image, uh, sometimes we label people short, tall, fat, all these things. It does affect some, but it affects some other as well. Sexual abuse, which is very, very common, unfortunately. Here in the West, or in Europe at least, 40 to 45% of the kids has been sexually abused, or sexually uh, uh, attacked at, at certain age, at a certain level. In our society in the Middle East, if you are coming from the Middle East, we don't speak about it, we don't have any statistics. But I believe very much it's higher than that. I don't want to estimate any figures to, to make anyone upset but it's much higher than that. Homosocial wounds, name-calling, uh, teachers, pet, non-athletic, whatever, under this category, we have homosocial uh, social wounds. And uh, the ninth one is cultural wounds. Media affirming and right. Now, if you look on, even in the Middle East websites, you'll find big groups encouraging each other. As you know, of course, in the West, many churches endorsing this relationship, so I'm not 
alone. And there's people accepting me. So the main issue is about accepting. The church has to show acceptance to those who are struggling and want to know what is right and what is wrong and to go to the journey with them. So if, even if you are sitting now and you feel that you are struggling, the church is with you. If you are in a struggle and want to get out of it, the church is with you. And the church is not against anyone. It's against those who are against the word of God. Against those who are abusing the word of God. Even to the point some church abusing the love of Christ. Christ loves everyone. Unconditional love. We have to know that this unconditional love is to grab us. It's not to lose us and not to leave us to live unrighteous life and to lose the kingdom as we read St. Paul a few minutes ago. The other thing is divorce, uh, adoption, death, religion, culture, poverty, economical reasons, which we have, it, of course, in Egypt in a very aggressive way. I didn't go through each one in details because yeah, I don't believe we are here to explain the, the reasons, rather than to know what is the church view of it. The church is loving, the church is a mother, and God is a father for everyone, but he is putting his right and wrong for us. Why? Because Christ came to restore the image of man and woman. Not to accept the distortion, but to restore what we have. A very sm small and important statement, the severity of wounding in each category will have a direct impact upon the amount of time and effort it will take to heal. And there is many institutes in the West, in America, and I'm sure it is in Canada, to help people who are willing to get out of it. And this is, some of them are Christian, some non-Christian, some Jews even, and it is recognized, but of course they are working now in fear, because now they are against the media or against what is allowed by the government. Two statements again. Uh, if we look at the ten reasons, two of them invisible causes, which is heredity and temperament. The other eight are visible, parents, peers, environment, media, and so on. And the statement in the red uh, frame, child wounds are the mirrors of the parents and family unresolved issues. So if I'm a parent of someone suffering, don't blame him. And again, don't blame yourself. You have unresolved issues. Even if the child or the boy or the teenager is rebellious and leaving home or making things that upsetting the parent, it shows unresolved issues at home, in the family. So we as a family need to take the journey. It's not he is a bad boy or a bad girl, whatever the problem is, same-sex attraction or something else. It's a journey for the family. That's why the church is aiming to heal the family, not a person. And if we accept all of us as a family to, to take this journey, the healing is, and the output, output of the journey is beneficial for every member, even those who are not wounded or they are not affected directly by it. So same-sex attraction is not one's fault. So we are not saying or telling him or her you are bad because. Because no one has chosen it, as we said a few minutes ago. So as the Lord was asked in John chapter 9 and verse 2 and 3, the disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sent this man or his parents that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sent, said Jesus, but this 
happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Of course, it's not God who inflicted this on us, but we are living in a fallen world. We don't know what happened to our kids or to us while I was in such a class where someone was abusing me or someone labeling me. But God is ready to glorify himself in a full restoration in your life and in my life and in the life of each and every family. Again, let me remind you what started the verse of St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11, and especially verse 11, and that is what was some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. It's still the same sounding doctrine, the same powerful Holy Spirit, God in us, God is with us, to restore us once more. The last thing I would like to share with you is the Eucharistic remedy. I'm telling you now a real experience of many. If you are suffering from it, if you know someone suffering from it, the thing, of course, is an emotional part, as I said, and you might need a psychiatrist. But the spiritual part, which is very important and very positive, is keep a continuous, regular, in a good sequence, confession, and keep your, your communion alive, and on a weekly basis at least. I have seen hundreds of people healed if they have it as such. Of course, plus some uh, psychological or psychiatrist help. Why again? St. Cyril says, as two pieces of wax fused together make one, so he who receives the communion is so united with Christ that he is in Christ and Christ is in him. If Christ is in you, he is able to heal you and me. You know, we have two extremes, especially about sexual immorality, whether it's heterosexual immorality or homosexual immorality. Some people said it's just you are demon-possessed. Come to someone and he will lay his hand and the demon will go up. Some other people said, no, it's a lengthy progress of an emotional problem and it might take a year or two or three or whatever it is. Both are extremes. But the reality is each problem we have, it's a spiritual and it's an emotional as well. We can't separate them. We can't say one will replace the other. Definitely, the remedy of immortality, as St. Ignatius of Antioch was calling the Eucharist, is very powerful. But sometimes I have wounds, I need to share it. Not all of us as spiritual father or father of confession can deal with it. So my spiritual father or my father of confession can transfer me to someone he trusted that he can deal with my depression. As you have seen, nearly 50% had depression of those who are struggling from this struggle. And some of them are very severe to the point of trial to commit suicide. So it needs an intervention from a, a psychiatrist or a psychologist as well. So we believe that God is not, we are not denying that the medicine, and we are not denying that there is something good we can take out of it, especially if we are dealing with someone who is constructivist, not essentialist, who believes that we have a free will. The last quote I would like to share it with you is by St. Augustine again about the Eucharistic remedy. In his confession, he was saying, I, Christ, am the food of full-grown men. Grow and you shall feed on me, but you shall not change me into your own substance, as you do with the food of your body. 
then instead you shall be changed into me. If we believe that in each liturgy, in each Eucharist, he is changing me to be like him. And if you remember in one of the prayers in the liturgy of St. Cyril, he is telling us, give us the purity of your son. Then whatever I am coming with, he is able to change. This is our belief of the power of the Eucharist. It's not the habit of Sunday. There's a power that the incarnated word of God is restoring me. And through the work of his Holy Spirit, is instead you shall be changed into him, as St. Augustine said. May the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever. Any comments? I'm sorry, I was running very quick. I tried to manage the time, but I just 50 minutes. Sorry, I'm going to jump.